0: I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work at Home Edition. So I've been using my home time to talk with lots of cool people working at Wizards. And so today I have just dunks the Magic Rules Manager. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, how's it going? So, um, okay, so part of what I, one of the things I've been trying to do with the interviews is let people see there's a lot of moving pieces to magic. And I spend a lot of time talking about a very narrow band of it. Um, but I like people seeing other aspects. And so, um, I think on paper, people somehow think that, like, the head designer and the rules manager are, like, adversaries. I mean, I've, I've, I've made jokes about that in the past, like, when, when um, Tayback was the rules manager and stuff. But really, look, we we work together. We, we, we have the same end goals, which is, let's make magic awesome. Um, and so, I just want to... Sort of talk about what you do and like what what it entails to make the rules work because that that is quite a a heady task more so than I think the audience has any idea. <laughs> um, uh,
1: sure. Uh, do you want me to just start talking about it and describe it, or uh, yeah? Well, well, so gonna, if gonna I, start
0: I you, how about in if you had to describe somebody in a, a couple minutes, what what do you what do you do? What what job do you have? What what exactly is your job?
1: Yeah, my, job's, uh, uh, my job lives on the editing team for Magic. Uh, I work very heavily with designers and our digital partners, and we work together to make, uh, make both the words on the cards work and the large comprehensive rules document that we have work. Uh, and we also put together rulings that you see on cards in the release notes and on uh, Gatherer when you look at cards. Um, The majority of my job is to make sure that the large machine that is the Magic rules continues to function properly as we make new cards that do new things and new rules have to be added to them. Okay, so Um, go go
0: ahead. ahead. Okay, so this this is where you and I come into you know our jobs interact is. It is my job and my team's job to do things we've never done before because part of the fun of magic is hey this latest set does a new thing and has a new mechanic or whatever um and so I often come to you to figure out like what what am I cuz I have to think down I have to think downstream of me what am I setting you up for if we did this what problems might it cause mm-hmm. Yeah uh and
1: that's that's that conversation kind of continues it has and it many people and it continues as we make new sets that do new things. Uh, and I actually, to be honest, I kind of like it. The newer the thing is, the easier it is to work with. If something is, is completely and totally new, uh, it's much easier to decide how, how does this work? Uh, so, so for example, if we say, uh, uh we look at dungeons from AFR, they mm-hmm. were a completely new thing. Uh, where we got to kind of define the entire space around how they worked for that set. Uh, whereas with something like Reconfigure, it's a new way of doing a thing that already existed, uh, and that, that creates uh, more uh, more issues for making sure that all of the old things still work the same way with the new things.
0: So what do you, when I come up to you, say I have something new, what are you
1: most afraid I will say? <laughs> ah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Honestly, when you come up to me and say you, you have something new, I, I'm I don't know if afraid is the right word. Uh, I I guess I'm like if you're asking me like what's the most difficult, uh, the answer is going to be stuff that that uh, stuff that requires me to just rewrite whole sections of the list. So if you if you're saying uh, I have something new. Uh, what is it? Well, we have this, uh, we, we decided that we want to change how all of equipment work for all, you know, for all the pass cards is going to be very hard to do. Uh, but hey, we have this new way of doing things. It's going to be much easier to do. Uh, so my fear is going to be that you come up with an idea that requires us to change how a lot of pass magic works or kind of work around it. Uh, but like, I, I think a lot of people have this idea that like, I'm, I want to keep everything the same and don't want to do new things. And I actually really enjoy uh, both seeing new ideas uh, come to life and figuring out how the challenge and the puzzle of making them work in the rules. So I don't know if afraid is the right word. Uh, I actually enjoy working with you on new stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is a lot of what I get from you is not don't do this. It's if you did it this way rather than that way,
1: (laughs) my life would be much easier. Uh, yeah, um, magic is 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 very flexible and and the magic rule system it's very intricate. There are a lot of moving parts, uh, but it's actually it's honestly it's it's fairly stable. Uh, the, the magic rules we could just crush it. My my job is to make sure we don't. Uh, but it, you know as long as we're watching out for the parts that could cause problems as we make new cards uh I want to do new and fun, exciting things. So I think there's a lot left that magic uh much stuff that Magic hasn't done yet that we can do that's gonna be fun, exciting gameplay. Um so I don't I don't want to say I know that uh the youth in the past talked about the kind of like, oh we can't do that thing. Uh but no I want to say yes we can as much as possible.
0: Yeah the interesting thing for our conversations is it really is never yes you can or no you can't. It yeah. usually is here's the cost or here, like, here's what doing it means. Here's the issues we have to solve. Like you give me, like the way I think of it is you're a resource and you're telling me what problems I'm making for people downstream, you, you being one of those people. But, you know, uh-huh. when I do this yeah. mechanic, what problems am I creating? And a lot of times you'll give me advice like, oh, here's a way you can get what you want that doesn't cause I- any problems or as many problems. Um That's you a know. lot of the reason when you and I chat, it's sort of like, Hey, early on, I have, I have a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of ways I can do something. And so, okay, which path gets me to where I want to go? What's the cool mechanic? But also, you know, in a way that the system works. And mm-hmm. um, right, a, a lot of sort of our, our relationship, I think, is of, like, I actually have a decent understanding. I mean, not as well as you, but I, I understand generally how the rules work. And most importantly, I know the areas that cause problems. Like, I, I know where I've tried mm-hmm. to do something in the past. And you or a previous rules manager are like, oh, we can't do that. In fact, um, I just did a podcast uh, that, that people can listen to uh, a week or two ago where I talked about what I call the non-tournament design space, which is what, you know, unsets ACORN. Like, for tournament yeah. rules to work, we can't do things A, B, and C, but that's kind of fun, but that's why we make it, you know, in this space and not in turn- on tournament cards. Um right. And, for example, the one that you brought up was how hard something is. And so, the example I gave there, we can talk through a little bit. So, Last Strike, ironically, was created by Mark Gottlieb when he was the rules manager, but he had his designer hat on. And then when he put his rules uh-huh. manager hat on, he goes, oh, yeah, we can't make this. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit. Let's get into the rules. Why is Last Strike, which on the, seems so easy. It seems so simple. Like, everybody can understand it. Why is it like why is rewriting the rules so hard?
1: Like what talk a little bit why that would be so hard to put into the rules. Sure. Um so last strike is a fantastic example of something that players can look at and uh, immediately understand how it works, uh and they uh, they get it, but when you try to build it into the machinery of magic, it could cause uh issues. Uh when we look at first strike and how first strike is built into the magic rules, uh and double strike alongside it, uh, the rules, uh, players tend to think of it in terms of, okay, well, here's my first strike combat damage step, and here's my regular combat damage step. And then obviously, following that, there's my last strike combat damage step. And that's, that's very straightforward. But the rules don't actually look at it that way. The rules say if there's a creature with first strike, then we have an additional combat damage step. Uh, and then it's, it, the way it defines which creatures get to deal damage in each of those combat damage steps isn't creatures with first strike do it here, creatures with double strike do it here. It has a long uh, kind of flowchart of, okay, well, creatures with first strike deal damage at this point, and then as we get into the next combat damage step, creatures that had first strike in the last combat damage step and creatures with double strike now, and it's a long list of which creatures get to do this. If we add another combat damage step and add last strike after that, that basically blows that entire model up and we have to rebuild it from scratch because it wasn't, frankly, designed with the flexibility of adding more kinds of strikes when it was initially made. Uh, and the combat rules are way more complex than uh, than you would think, just, I mean, most players would think, frankly, of trying, so just trying to play through magic. Which is why something like that works so well in uh, a silverboarded set, like an unset, uh, but doesn't work uh, particularly well in, in tournament play is because we have to be able to account for every single corner case, and there are some corner cases that that just it wouldn't wouldn't work with. Um, yeah, I, I have a metaphor that I, I this is a metaphor of people I've, I've used in the
0: past that's been very. Um, let's say I want to I, I have a house and I want to do some remodeling, so if I, I bring in somebody who's a, you know an expert who's going to do the remodeling, and I say to them I want to knock out that wall. He might say oh, no problem, sure, yeah, we can knock out that wall. Or he might say, oh, no, no, that's a bearing wall. If we knock out that wall, the house collapses. So, yes, I could do it, but it's a lot more work and it's going to cost you a lot more money because I have to account for the bearing. Like, something's holding up the rest of the house. I can't just knock it down. Where, and... Somebody who's an expert, like, can know, like, understands where the bearing walls and where they aren't, and so uh, you're sort of the expert here on the rules. You're like, oh no, this is a ba- you can't just knock this rule out. This would cause infinite problems. Things are are you know, it's holding things up, um, and that's yeah. a lot of sort of what happens when you say, well, what about this? You can't just take something out because other things are dependent upon that to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. I actually really like that metaphor um, because something like. Something like combat Damage gets into a lot of, has a lot of those those bearing walls you're talking about. Uh, But there are other places where you or another designer will come to me and say, hey, can we do this variant thing? And they expect a lot of resistance. And I'm like, yeah, that's easy. Let's do it. That's no problem.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm always taken aback, by the way, when I have like a really weird idea or something and you're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, wow, I I didn't think it'd be that easy. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. um, uh, And a lot of that comes down to kind of that, that, That metaphor you just built about the houses, uh, the houses and the load-bearing walls. You know, if we have to take something out and kind of rebuild that structure, that's a lot of work. But if it's just kind of a new thing entirely, um, if it's an addition to the house instead of uh, (laughs) instead of taking out one of the rooms and making it look different, uh, that's much easier to to set up uh, than than uh, old things. And a lot of the stuff that you come to me with is is new stuff. Uh, You know, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's variations on old stuff, Uh, but. You know, we, we want to make as many cool things as we can. So uh, we we should try to – my philosophy on it is we should try our best to make those things work. Uh, and I think it's where conversations like the one you and I had uh, – you alluded to earlier where I get to say, well, here's another way we could make that work come in handy. Because um, I don't want to be the guy that just says yes or no to things. I want to say that sounds fun. Let's see what we can do with that space. Yeah, and usually the interesting thing
0: about the conversations we have is it's right. It's, it's, it's a tactical, how do we tackle, how do we tackle this problem? And it's like, Hey, okay. I want to do something. And you're like, okay, well, you're like, and a lot of the conversations also are me explaining what it is I want to do. And sometimes you're like, Oh, well, there is a way to do that, but not the way you're doing it. Here's a different way to okay. do it. But we, we could get your goal, but not your means of doing it. Like, you know, maybe the way you're doing it's problematic, well, but there's a different way we could do it. Um, and that's one of the interesting things to me is like a lot of times I'll come talk to you and I go back to my team. And then it's like, okay, here here's the options we have available to us. Um and a lot of those conversations like a lot of the conversations are more about, hey, if we do path A, here's the problems. If we do path B, here's the problems. And then try to figure out on our end, you know, what we want to explore. Um But like I said, the the, the interesting thing to me about like having worked with, you know, I mean my relationship with the magic rules is different than your relationship, but I've obviously, I have a long-standing relationship with it, because I, part of having to make new things is I have to understand what's there. Um, like, for example, one of, see if you can hear a little trivia quiz, what part of the rules, like, uh, causes me, as the designer, the most problems that I, I swear at the most? What is the part of the rules that, like, is the biggest problem from a design standpoint?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm I'm actually not sure, but I'm interested in the answer. What do you think is the most problematic? Ah, uh, I
0: would say layers.
1: Oh, sure. Okay. So, okay. so for just so, so the audience understands,
0: in order for things to happen, there has to be an order for things to happen, right? That the game has mm-hmm. to understand in what order things go. So that is called layers, meaning oh, first this happens, then that happens, because. In order for the system to work, and I, I always make the, I say to the audience, kind of think of like a computer program. like it, There has to be exact answers. You, you can't be fuzzy. Like There has to be an exact answer for things. So in order for it to work, Layers just says, look, this happens and that happens and that happens. So every once in a while, I invent something. I or one of my designers invent something. But it, the reason it can't work is, oh, the, the layers are wrong. That it, it won't happen mm-hmm. the way you want it to happen because of the way the layers play out. Um, which
1: is a very invisible yeah. thing, mostly to you know. So, so if you uh, if you don't mind my digressing about it a little bit, one of the ways I like to explain layers as a concept is if you think of uh, like clear paper that you use on like a projector uh, to display something on a wall. Uh, you have if if you think well okay. Effects that make things copies are on one of those clear things and we put that on top and that's a layer. And then effects that make things a different color is a different layer. And then effects that make things a bigger power and is a different layer and we stack those on top of each other. Those are the kind of how those layers of effects are are viewed by the game and the game rules. We look at down at an object uh, like a permanent on the battlefield after all of those things have been applied and say, well, what does it look like right now after all these layers have been applied? And that's kind of how I think of of
0: layers working. And so I mean I, 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 I'm I to my head. Like, like let's say for example I wanted to make a card that said all flying creatures are blue. Is that is that I'm trying to think, think when I'm messing I I'm uh, yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't work the way
1: you want it to. Right.
0: Um, so explain explain why all flying creatures are blue
1: doesn't work. Okay, so um so all flying creatures are, are blue. So all creatures with flying are blue is how, it, and it would sure. that. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, uh, the, uh, the problem is that, as I mentioned, you have those, those, the, the game goes through layers and it, it applies everything in one layer before it applies everything in the next layer. And so the layer where we determine what color things are happens before the layer where we decide what abilities something has. So all creatures with flying are blue would work okay for things that are printed with flying on them. Uh, that thing would become blue. But if we have something else that says, uh, that, that gives flying to a creature, because it's in a later layer, uh, it's in layer six as opposed to layer five, because it's in a later, later layer, then uh, the game is looking at the color layer uh, and says uh, it needs to determine what should be blue it doesn't know that that thing's going to gain flying in the later layer, layer six. It just sees the things that already have flying printed on them. And that sounds like a very straightforward thing to say, well, why, why do we need these layers? Uh, but I, I, I don't have the time in the podcast to really <laughs> explain why all of those layers are necessary, yeah. but because of the, the the mechanics that we've built and the way that we've built the game of magic, the, the layers actually are necessary, and they make things work intuitively most of the time. Unfortunately, they preclude some designs from being magic cards, like the one that you just described. Um, because the game goes, well, what's, what has flying? And it doesn't see things that are going to gain flying later on from other effects.
0: Yeah, so, that, so here's, a, here's another... I'm just pointing out some areas. To me, mm-hmm. the audience might enjoy just areas that I know we can't make things because it causes rule problems. Um, so another big area that this is connected to is things where it has to know what it will be, but it's not now. Like, for example, yeah, uh, pe- people always want to, like, make unwrathable creatures, right? Make creatures that, like, it'll know what's going to happen and prevent it, but, like, it it only can prevent things that it knows at the time. It can't look
1: ahead to things it doesn't know yet. Yeah, so this is a, a pretty uh, consistent issue that comes up in designs in various ways, is that the magic game rules, by and large, are really, really good at looking into the past and seeing what has occurred already. But they're really, really bad at looking into the future and seeing what might occur when when another event occurs. And this is largely because we have a very robust system of replacement effects, which are actually the thing I think is most frustrating about, <laughs> about uh, trying to put together magic rule stuff. These replacement effects look at an event and they say, what event is about to happen? Oh, okay, well we're going to do something else instead. So a replacement effect might say, uh, if you would gain two life, instead draw a card, uh, and then the game goes. Okay, so uh, you're going to gain two life. Instead of gaining two life, going to have you. We're going to have you draw a card, uh, and then that event happens. That means that the event of gaining two life never actually occurred from the game's perspective. But that means that putting together effects that care about that is hard. So if I were to want have an effect that said. Uh, counter-target spell that would cause you to gain life, uh, that's harder to put together because the king can't know for sure if that's actually the event that will happen when this spell resolves. The game only knows what it will attempt to do, but doesn't know like if that's actually going to happen.
0: Yeah, the, the one of the things that's really interesting is, a lot of times, the, the problem isn't the rules can't handle it. The mm-hmm. problem is, what will happen isn't what the players think will happen. It's non-intuitive and that's usually, that's a big deal breaker for me, meaning when the rules will just won't work the way people expect them to work, well, then people will just play them wrong. Like we try really, really hard on, on the design end, like intuition's important. I want people, I want the game, I mean, I'm sure it's important for you as well to make that happen. Um, But like one of the things that really, like one of the biggest problems I have with the rules is it's right. It's not that it doesn't work. It's. Oh, that it doesn't do what you think it would do, and then I know the players would play it wrong, and they're just gonna cause constant confusion because like if things don't work intuitively, that's a huge problem. Um and, right. and and you and I wrestle with that a lot of well, here's what would happen. Like, I'll give a good example. Um, I love power toughness switching. I it's a fun effect. I love it. But love a God, it just doesn't do what you like. The reason we really don't do it much anymore if you notice like we'll do plus you know plus n minus n or like like we'll do it in other ways, but we we're very very careful when we let you do it in very peculiar situations because it just doesn't work the way you'll think it'll work in so many situations
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's true uh power time switching is a fantastic example of things that don't work uh but one of, one of my favorite things about the conversations that we do have is Exactly, figuring out exactly how that's going to play out. When you say, here's a new mechanic I want to put together, and I get to say, okay, well, that mechanic means this weird thing might happen. Is that okay? And and we go, oh, wait, well, maybe not. And then we figure out how we can kind of get around that problem. Because I agree with you, the game being intuitive is a, an integral part of it being fun to play, uh, and, and we should keep it that way as much as possible. Yeah, the,
0: the funny thing is, if you tell me it doesn't work intuitively, I have issues, okay, we got to fix it, because I don't want it to work non-intuitively. The area that's the... the here's the actual, the biggest conflict area between you and I, I think, is when it's a corner case that will never, in actual play, happen, but, like, the game system has to resolve it, and I'm like, that's never going to happen! Creatures have the fun part that's going to happen. You're like, no, 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 I, <laughs> the game has to know what's going to happen. Um, right. And that's... Like, for example, to be honest, there's a, a lot of un-cards are just cards I try to make, and the reason they got stopped had nothing to do with, people would get it, they'd understand it, it would work fine, it's just like, but the rules, the rules don't handle 99.9%
1: really well. Right. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of cases, for, especially with those un-cards, where the, the truth is, it works just fine in the vast majority of circumstances, but the magic rules aren't built to have fuzziness. The magic rules are built, like you've mentioned, like a computer system, they... They have to get an input, and then they have a result. And when something in the middle doesn't quite work right, it's like when you ask a calculator to divide by zero. It just stops functioning properly. So in a lot of those cases, I understand where we're coming from and why people want to, by designers specifically, want to make something work a certain way, and they're okay with it not working in the corner cases. But part of my job is to make sure that those corner cases actually do function properly or at least have an answer, even if it's not an intuitive one.
0: Yeah, and, like, one of my things is I don't really – the non-intuitive corner case that, like, is a theoretical thing, I I don't uh-huh. really care if it's non-intuitive. Like, if it doesn't actually come up, if no one's actually going to happen, it's fine if people want to talk around and discuss the weirdness of it because it doesn't uh-huh. actually impact play. Um, and so, like, that's one of my pet peeves is, like, where I get stopped not because of anything practical, but it's just because of, like, like the
1: higher system, you know. Um yeah. Um, I mean, that comes back down to that card you mentioned earlier, where you want to give, uh, you know, all creatures, we make all creatures with flying blue. That's not a card anybody has trouble understanding. Uh, but because we've built to the system in a very specific yeah. way, that effect just doesn't work. And that's, that. by the way, it's
0: really hard for the audience. Whenever on my blog I say the rules didn't allow this, they they get really upset. They're like, like the rules should allow anything. I'm like, well... One of the givens of the rules is we want a we want consistency, right? We want uh-huh. when something happens one way, it'll happen the same way in a different circumstance because the rules are too big for people to know them all. Um, but the idea is if they can learn the generalities of how things work, then you have a working. No- like most people can have a working knowledge of the rules, and that oh, in most cases I can figure it out. If I understand these principles, I can understand how the uh-huh. game works. And yeah, yeah, there's always weird cases. And like one of the, I mean. Y- I'm the silver border rule manager, so I I do what you do on on a smaller scale where people ask me weird questions all the time and I have to figure out, okay, how does that work? Um, I get weirder questions probably at a higher percentage than you do, although you get weird ones too, um, just because the questions are coming from more bizarre places. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, one of the things that I've really learned is, uh, I can sort of fill myself in your shoes, is when... Somebody's trying to ask something. I'm like, okay, get what they're going, and then I'm like, oh, how how is that supposed to work? And I want to be consistent, right? I I, I yep. and I like we want to make sure that whatever we say, it works the same way when you're doing something else. Um, and so it's right. It's and I the the way I'm most in your shoes is someone asks me some sort of unquestion. I'm trying to solve it, and I often will talk to you, and I'm like, how would the real, you know, how would the, you know, the normal rules handle this? Because you know, I I I have an odd given that I'm saying it's okay to have.
1: Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, uh, that, that's actually a really funny thing. Is that when, I, when I first got hired, uh, I remember the first time you sent me a question about something related to uncards. And I was just like, "Wait, what is this about? I don't understand what question I'm getting right now." And then I had to realize that what card we were talking about yeah. because uh, you you uh, uh, you asked me a question about something related to an uncard, but you didn't tell me that it was an uncard first. Oh, sure. Like, what is this text? I don't understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've learned. I have to like tell you the card I'm talking about because sometimes I get in the weeds, right? Because we're trying to figure something out, yeah. and I'm trying to solve something, and it's about an uncard, but I get in the weeds, and then you don't know because I, I also contact you a non un thing, so like you don't know that I'm necessarily contacting you about un things. So I, I I've learned to be clear right. when I when I talk to
1: you. Oh, I mean it's it's hilarious in retrospect. It's just at that moment I was just like, I don't did we did we print a card that does this? And then I realized we're talking about the uncard. I'm like, okay, well we can build build a consistent answer off of that. Here's how that would work if we did that in this other case, and then we get to an answer and it works great. Uh, I would that story from when I first got hired was funny to me. Yeah, um, I, it is.
0: I, I I remember that on my end that I you were just very confused and I'm like, oh wait 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 wait, <laughs> let me explain what's going on. Um, so um, I, I, I I can see my desk, so I'm not we're not too, I'm not too far from work. So um, <laughs> I, I want to ask you this question before we before we wrap up for today, which is. What is the funnest part about being the Magic Rules Manager?
1: The funnest part about being the Magic Rules Manager is that I get to interact with the Magic Rules in a way that, that really no other human gets to. Uh, when I was a Magic Judge before this, I was very involved in uh, Magic Rules, making sure that they were uh, enforced and the game worked correctly at a, at a high level at pro tours and events such as that. But when I got this job as the Rules Manager, it really gave a new perspective on it where I get to help develop a system that makes this incredibly fun game work properly. And we get to say, what do we want it to do? Uh, That's, that's somebody says, hey, can this work? And the answer is, well, maybe. What do we want it to do? Let's build rules that make that work. That's probably the most fun part of my job for me is to say, yes, we could do this weird, crazy thing. Let's do it. And uh, and that's why, I think that drives to the philosophy of just like, yeah, let's figure out how we can do it as opposed to just saying, no, we can't do that.
0: Yeah, one of my uh my favorite thing, I mean, just having worked on magic for so long, is there's cards that I like that I'll be told we can't do, and then I I just wait for the next rules manager to see, can they do can they do this? And like for example, um uh the card where you take over your opponent's turn, uh Mindslaver. Mind I first mm-hmm. pitched during Tempest. It was supposed to be Volras Helm. Uh, it ended up becoming... I mean, we changed the card. Um, but I didn't who the rules manager was at the time. Uh, but they were like, you know, taking over the opponent's turn, it cannot be done. Uh, and then, you know, when we were doing mirrored in had a different rules manager, and, and so I presented again, he's like, wait a minute, I, I think we could do that. You know, and um, mm-hmm. what I, I've learned working with rules managers, it's like different rules managers think slightly differently. And, you know, like, whenever we present a new problem, it's like, okay, it's a problem to solve. How do we solve that? Um... And it's it's neat working with different rules managers because each one has been a little bit different in how they think of things, you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I I think it's neat, like, just interacting with lots of different rules managers of something that for some person, like, that's impossible, it can't be done. To somebody else's, no, 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 maybe we could do that, so.
1: Yeah, well, some of that comes from, I know we're short on time, but some of that comes from the, uh, the, the fact that as the game progresses and we get more rules and more mechanics, sometimes the game gets better at doing things. So when we introduced double-faced cards, for example, that opened up a whole new way of making cards that do fun things in the game. And then we did, we have other other things where you might ask a question where years ago the answer would be no, and now the answer is actually we've already built the foundation and framework for that with this other mechanic. We just build off of that and do something new. Uh, and that, I, I really enjoy that as well. So I hope we keep doing new things.
0: Well, I I, I, pro- I promise you we will keep doing new things. <laughs> um. But, uh, it, it, and so as, as a, a final note, I mean, one of the things that's fun, I mean, reason I wanted to have you on is just, I have a lot of fun working with you. You know, it is, it is, I, I know in the past I've made fun of sort of making an adversarial relationship just because it's funny that, you know, like the rules manager and the head designer butting heads because, because it's funny, you know, uh, Tayback and I used to play that up just because it was a fun story, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. really it's, it's, I mean, our, our, job and you do a lot of things beyond just like interacting with me. Um, you know, you. you In fact, I'm sure our interaction is a tiny, tiny portion of what you do. um, I I just throw, I I just, I force you to have to like reinvent things. But a a lot of your job also is like fine-tuning things. Or we're doing something Mm -hmm. we've done before, but there's one card that does something slightly different. You know, there's a lot of how do we make this one thing work rather than the whole system. Like you and I talk systems because usually I'm trying to whole new thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot, a lot of the rules is here's one card. How does this one card specifically have to work based on the systems and the rules and stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've enjoyed all of our interactions. Uh, that we've done a lot of stuff with making new things. I, I mean, I, I haven't worked with Wizards that long, so a lot of the stuff that we've worked on we can't talk about yet. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm very excited for stuff that we've worked on together.
0: Yeah, the one, the one. I'll, I'll do a little teaser story before we wrap up for today. So. When we decided that Unfinity was going to have some... Like, some of it was going to be Acorn some Black Bordered, um, I made a team to sort of figure out, like, what what what's where. Uh, and you were one of the people that I was on the team with. Me, you, Emma, and Tayback. Um And a- Emma was there to talk about, like, constructed, you know, legacy play and stuff. And Tayback was the editor. And you, obviously, were the rules manager. And it was sort of like, can the game do this? Can the game do that? And it was a lot of fun. Um... You would surprise me. Like, sometimes I was sure the game couldn't do it. You're like, eh, no problem. game can do that. And other times I'm sure it was easy to do it. You're Like, Oh, yeah, that's a problem. So it was very interesting. Uh, it, it was a fun game internally. I was always trying to figure out whether you thought, you, know, you would say whether we could do it or not.
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely remember surprising you with things. Uh, there there were even cards that were so surprising to you that uh, you asked me multiple times. Uh, you would ask <laughs> me, and then and then later on you were like, I marked this one down as you said it was okay. Did you really say this is okay? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: later this year you guys i mean uh I, I think there'll be some cards that are that are uh not acorn that will surprise people uh it and then is, and vice versa there'll be some cards that are acorn We're like why in the world is this acorn and it's like well this is a little rule that you know uh so uh but anyway maybe at some point i'll have you on once once that thing is known you and i can talk about why is this this and why is that and we can talk through uh the, the nuance of what is not isn't doable. I would love that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, um, I can see my desk. So we all know what that means. means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I want to thank you, for Jess, for being with us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for
1: having me. I had a lot of fun.
0: And to all you, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.